Final seconds of the game. A chance to score and the chance has gone begging. If your business's commerce platform keeps missing the target on golden opportunities, get the MVP you deserve. Get Shopify. <laughs> Shopify is the commerce platform revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. Whether you're a garage entrepreneur or IPO ready, Shopify is the only tool that you need to start, run, and grow your business without the struggle. Shopify puts you in control of every sales channel. So whether you're selling signed football boots from Shopify's in-person POS system or you're vending vintage shirts on Shopify's all-in-one e-commerce platform, you are covered. And once you've reached your audience, Shopify has the internet's best converting checkout to help you turn them from browsers to buyers. What I love about Shopify is how, no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US. And Shopify is truly a global force, powering Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across over 170 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash ranks, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com forward slash ranks to take your business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash ranks. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com/play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Hello, this is international football commentator Derek Ray, and you're listening to the Ranks FC podcast. Hello FPL fans, it's time to prepare for a new season. One month to go until the Premier League kickoff, and that means we have the joy of drafting our teams and then redrafting and redrafting and redrafting all the way through till about August the 11th. Uh, this is a special episode of Chasing Green Arrows as we join forces the Ranks FC podcast uh, for one special FPL show. And I'm joined by Gianni, the host of this show, as always here on YouTube for our regular scheduling. How are you, mate? I'm very well, mate. Yeah, all good. Uh, Getting busy now, getting busy and well into the FPL stuff. Like the game launched 
just under a week ago and it's been pretty relentless since but we know with every week as that game week one gets closer and closer you're just going to get as a someone that creates fpl content just get busier and busier it is the business end of the season is kind of now for fpl creators and it's a little bit like you with transfers isn't it like the summer months aren't actually the downtime they're the busy months yeah exactly yeah i mean you just had a month off so you should be a little bit refreshed by now uh mind free of what went right and wrong last season and ready to get stuck into a new one thanks to everyone who is joining us live in the comments here on youtube and to everyone who's listening to this on the ranks podcast feed this is a show we run every single week on the chasing green arrow YouTube channel. We break down every single game week and we plot transfers, tips, chips, all you need throughout the season. And we are always interactive throughout the show, taking questions, trying to help people as we go. I mean, one of our listeners, Ali, did actually win the whole thing last season. Mm -hmm. So we do take some credit for the fact that we won FPL last year, uh, thanks to him. He wasn't in many mini leagues, but it was in our mini league. He was in our mini league and he's, I think, writing himself a book right now based yeah. on his glories of last season. I'm sure at some point across the season, we'll probably get him back on the show as well. So this is the place to be for your FPL uh, tips. And look, gee, you are the, the expert on this show. I love FPL, but I'm nowhere near um, the FPL god that you are. So look, to keep this relevant as we run this uh, episode on ranks, I've got to ask you for a ranking. So... As we all prep our teams for game week one, what are your big three tips? Oh, there's, do you know what? Like I've a bit like Ali, like once upon a time, I wrote a book on FPL and I filled it with, I don't know, 300 odd pages of pretty much tips, right? So there's (laughs) so many, but if I'm going to back like, I guess three big ones, then when I'm, when I'm looking at a game week one team and guys, let's know in the chat, like if you agree with this, like that game week one team, for me, there's not a huge amount of form to go from. So the, the one tip is simply fixtures. And like later in this show, we'll show you for those watching on YouTube, like the fixture ticker is so, so important because we often wildcard in FPL. Like we don't plan to wildcard in game week four or game week five or game week six, but we often do. Like ideally, you don't want to wildcard till game week 15 or whenever, but we often pull that trigger early because we there's so many bandwagon players we want to jump on. They're going up in price and you're just like, no, nah, I'm going to go early. So with that in mind, when looking at fixtures, you're like, there's no point in looking at the first 10, 15 games. Just look at the first six because you might only need them. And there are some teams that when you look at the first six, they have absolutely beautiful fixtures and there are others that have absolutely stinking fixtures. So you might look at your game week one team and go, oh, Newcastle were a good team. They did well last year. Great defense, blah, blah, blah. But then when you look at the fixtures, it's so obviously a swerve for Newcastle defenders. Like they play Villa, City, Liverpool, Brighton to open the season. Like, no thanks. Man City, like that right, not only do they have the best FPL assets in the game or some of them, but they're right at the top of the fixture tickers. So for the first six, they have Burnley, Newcastle, but then it's Sheffield United, Fulham, West Ham, Forest, Wolves, like so, so good. And I see, I see the same with Brighton. Like, again, Brighton have some amazing fixtures. Um, from game week three, Chelsea's fixture run is obscene. So really, targeting the fixtures would be my number one like tip because obviously form, there isn't a huge amount to go to. But tip number two is actually centred around pre-season. And that's not because pre-season form is necessarily important. I don't really care about the results. I don't really care about individual performances pre-season. Not too much. But it's really, really useful for understanding what managers are going to do with their systems and their formations. So, for example, 
I want to know, under the new Man United midfield look, is Bruno going to be more advanced or less advanced with Mason Mount in the team? I think he might be a little bit deeper. I want to know, at Chelsea, is Poch going to be playing 4-2-3-1? And if so, what does that mean for Raheem Sterling as a 7 million FPL asset? There are so many unanswered questions that we don't know, especially from new managers, but even teams like Liverpool. I want to see that midfield three at Liverpool and think, is it McAllister of Argentina and at times Brighton where he's in the number 10 slot? Or is it McAllister where he started his Brighton career in the sort of DM slot? Because if he's advanced at 6 million, what a great option. Is McAllister on penalties? Does he take one in pre-season when Salah's on the pitch? There's so many clues to pre-season. So I guess ranking number two is probably centred around clues you get from managers uh, in those preseason games um, and there's so many tools out there to track preseason games obviously the club channels are great but fantasy football scout members area I'm always on trying to read like the the, the match reports some of them Dean are behind closed doors aren't they yeah behind closed doors are tricky because you rely on one or two local journos yeah exactly and you can't you, you don't know how they're actually watching the game um, people watch matches closely and look for different things often as a game too if you're a reporter who's just doing a match report you're not really focused on the specifics of the left back or the right back or those little niches that you want for your team you're going to know about the main players it's those little difference makers that you want and I remember going to a pre-seasons in years gone by I remember one particularly Watford played the I think they played against like Kingstonian or something like that. And I remember going and there was a Watford player. I can't even remember who it was now, but he was so good. And I remember texting all my friends being like, when you're picking your teams, look out for this guy. Like he's on fire today. Obviously he didn't do anything that season. It was just a random preseason appearance, but it is interesting. It is. It is. Yeah. More for the the group rather than the individuals, I guess. Yeah. Um, when When I look at tip number three, and there are so many we could go for, like when we're sort of creating our winning squad and FPL is about obviously picking your 15 players. I look at I look at the benches of of some of my fellow managers in my mini leagues and think, oh, you've got so many good players on your bench. Like you're just asking for trouble because one, you don't know who to put in your 11 each week because your bench is so good. But two, you get so many points on your bench, which aren't rewarded. And number three, if you've got a good bench, that means you've not got all your money pumped into your 11 and you need every 0.5 million in your 11. So... Yes, at the, for the second part of the season, when we get European football midweek games, domestic cups, we get injuries more. It's an issue. You need a good squad. You need at least one good sub, if not two, and then maybe a dead spot. But for the start of the season, your bench can be proper, proper trim. So I'm talking four million defenders at Burnley and Luton that will get you 90 minutes like Bell and Bayer, but they'll you don't expect much from them, but you need those that money in your 11. So I'm okay having one or two 4.0 defenders in my squad. Maybe one goodish sub that you know has a little bit of upside, but still, I don't want my sub spot as a 6 million forward. I want it to be a 5 million forward um, mm. just so I can make sure there's more money in that 11. So I think that's why I'd say, I think that's a common mistake perhaps more casual managers make. Yeah, I like it a lot. Um, our first drafts are coming up on this show. G's going to run through his team in about a few minutes, and then I will follow that up. So do stay tuned for that. I'm going to run through a couple of comments and a few more tips before we get into that. Pete says, I can't believe we're thinking of a no Salah draft. The man has averaged 255 points a season for over six seasons. I've got the fear. You think that's fair? I mean, a lot of people are leaving Salah out. Mate, game week two, he plays Bournemouth. 
Yeah, that's the thing. Because so he's got Chelsea argue... that first week, it's like, are we just yeah. all avoiding him for the first week, but getting him in for the second? you think that's what everyone's doing? Well, you're then booking in a transfer and so much can happen in a week. I don't like doing that. But the reason why Salah's so tempting for game week two isn't just because it's Bournemouth. It's one of the few weeks you look at and go, it's not a gimme for a Haaland captaincy. Like Haaland has Burnley game week one, you captain him then. And then if I just ignore game week two for a second, in game week three and four, it's Sheffield United and Fulham. So you're captaining Haaland for three of the first four game weeks. In mm. game week two, he is at home, which we like for Haaland when we give him the armband. But it's against Newcastle, like arguably the best defence in the league other than probably Man City last season. So Salah versus Bournemouth isn't just a good shout game week two. Probably the best captain, almost certainly the best captaincy shout. Yeah. Yeah, I like but that. I can't accommodate. I haven't got room for him, mate. I, I know. I'm, I'm not looking at bringing him in. Like all my drafts, pretty much don't include Salah. It's so much money to go and get Salah. Uh, Pieta says, "Is it hard to separate your own thoughts from what your friends and colleagues are doing when you make this content? Because preseason is all about those bandwagons. I mean, I remember last season was our first preseason together, and." Was it Leon Bailey was like yeah. in everybody's team and there was a couple of others. None of them ended up doing anything, did they? Yeah, there was the, I remember the big argument pre-season was like, is it Bailey or Neto as your kind of 4.5 <laughs> million mid that's going to start every week? And yeah. both turned out, I mean, Neto was injured most of the season and Bailey flattered to deceive until the very end, really. Um, yeah. So yeah, that no doubt will be will be blinded by a couple of assets this preseason, and and that's what happens. I think I think Bailey perhaps had scored like a hat trick preseason. It was like yeah, he got a hat trick, but it was against you know Gothenburg, whatever. Um, so yeah, I don't look too much at individual performances. I try not to in preseason. It's all about the team ethic. Yeah, I totally agree. Right, I've seen a really good thread on Twitter that I'm going to give a quick shout out to, and then we will run into the drafts it's from fpl brandon and he tweeted i reached out to fpl players who achieved an overall rank within the top 1000 last season and i asked them to summarize their best fpl advice into two sentences or less mm -hmm. here's what they said um so he's got fpl Bergkamp, who came 24th his advice was keep your options open by rolling your free transfers frequently, having a flexible team structure and buying players for the long term, which means six plus game weeks. Follow the path of least regret. Decisions may not work out, but it's easier to live with if you followed your gut. I mean, did that help you when you were picking Kai Havertz last season? <laughs> yeah oh, Kai Do you know, for every Kai Havertz that I always try and pick out a, a gem and I'm like for every bad one there's a good one but the worst thing about owning Kai Havertz last season wasn't the um, disappointment from some of his blanks which were really annoying because he was actually bloody playing well and he was actually putting up good XG and you know Dean I love XG so I, I count myself unlucky there because he was getting the chances but that wasn't the problem that he wasn't he was blanking it was more that everyone that didn't have Havertz had one guy that was scoring every single game. So if you didn't own Havertz, there was a good chance you owned Watkins. And it was that that killed me. If, you know, if there wasn't a set, another option out there that was blanking every week too, it wouldn't, wouldn't have been an issue. But Watkins was smashing it and Havertz wasn't. Absolutely. Right, I'll run through a couple of others. FPL Jürgen's advice was fixtures are king, plan long term and allow your picks time to deliver. Keep a spot in your team for a differential. It can make a big difference in your overall rank. 
and keeps the game fun to play. I like that one a lot. And I'll leave it here with uh, Leo FPL05, who came 118th last season. Nice. He says, have a team between template and differential. For example, my Wilson captaincy in game week 36 was over Isak. Always trust your gut. Again, he's saying that. Take information with a pinch of salt and don't get influenced by other people. Easy to say. Differentials are very risky, so analyze them over some time. I like those tips. I think that they're helpful. I mean, like we can't implement all of them because our brains will explode. But ultimately, it does help us understand like where these elite finishers uh, actually got their brain going from uh last season uh that was good stuff g thanks for all the tips there if you are watching on youtube please do hit the like button press subscribe too uh and rank squad who are listening on the pod in the details of this episode you will see the link that takes you through to this channel so you can catch us regularly over here on mondays and usually fridays as well we will resume normal content now um Oh, Rank Squad have got to meet the chasers then, Dean. Is that how it goes? That is true, actually. Yeah, we've got two sets of ultras here. So, yeah, my normal podcast listeners at Ranks FC are called the Rank Squad. And over here at Chasing Green Arrows, we, well, we baptised them (laughs) (laughs) as the chasers last season. And they're great. Look, you lot, you two groups of fans would get on very well. This is a knowledgeable lot. Yeah, you are a knowledgeable lot indeed. But we're going to crack on. Giada, you are the FPL king around here. And I think it's time for you to take the stage and let us see your early team build. Oh, so before I show you the team, Dean, mm-hmm. I want to just I want to just throw it out there that for, for those that regularly watch Chasing Green Arrows or my content, you've probably gone, oh, we quite like the idea that Janny thinks outside the box and there's always a couple of differentials. There will probably be a few differentials and some fun picks in my game week one team. But I must warn you, the team you're about to see is going to be a little bit template and a bit boring. Now, that's fine because Dean Dean's will flip the coin there. Dean, the other side of that, Dean's will have you know some of that those fun picks. I've gone a little bit safe because I've genuinely... The game was out. Within minutes, I was picking a team. <laughs> and it just as so happens, the template is very similar to the team I was picking. And look, the template is often template for a reason. And I can't believe there are already 1.5 million managers signed up to the game. Like yeah. to put that into perspective, last year there was, I don't know, 10, 11 million managers. 1.5 have already signed up and the game's not even out a week. It's crazy. And there are some real big bandwagons already. Like when I look at the percentage ownership of some players, Estupanan is the most highly owned defender. 51% of managers own really? a man. If he hadn't oh. got that 17-pointer against Arsenal at the end of last season, he'd probably be 10% <laughs> owned. Yeah. Fine margin. Saka is 49% owned. Haaland, 85% owned. Um, so, some of those popular choices, of course, are going to be in my team. But look, let's check it out and have a look. And you guys in the chat can give me a, a rating out of 10 and let me know uh, if you agree or disagree with my team. It is a team that doesn't contain Mo Salah, but it does have Trent Alexander-Arnold. And if you put Trent and Haaland in your team, kind of restricts you elsewhere. And therefore, that template is quite predictable. And a little bit like the chaser team we put together last, last Friday, it had Haaland and it had Trent. And then the other positions become more predictable because you're so restricted because you've spent so much money on those two guys. 
I am starting to consider going without Trent. And in a couple of weeks' time, we'll be showing a version, another version of our drafts. And I think there is a good chance come game week one. I'm completely 50-50 on it at the moment that Trent won't be in, in that game week one team. And with that, allows for a few more differentials. So let's have a look at my team. Ah, we're going to do a little pit my team, aren't we? Yeah, let's have a look at my team. But first, play the sting. It's well hot out there, Rank Squad, and so there's no better time to stay hydrated. Whether that's kicking a ball around with your mates at Fiverside or bopping around your favourite festival, the golden rule is that hydration is key. Whether it's prepping beforehand, in the thick of the action, or recovering afterwards, you can stay hydrated with Liquid IV. Liquid IV hydrates two times faster than water alone, with three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks. I've started using this stuff on Monday nights down at Fiverside, and after all the big weekends have dotted my summer landscape, and I tell you, it's a joy. You don't keep your skin looking this good by accident. Arriving in convenient little sachets, it's quick and easy to use, and the acai berry flavour gives it that extra summer joy for me. But if that doesn't float your boat, there's 11 other flavours for you to try in your rotation, and if you're looking for the science, well... Liquid IV contains five different essential vitamins, B3, B5, B6, B12, and that big old vitamin C hit to boot. On top of that, you're doing your bit for some good causes. Liquid IV believes that access to clean and abundant water is the foundation of a healthier world. And so they partner with leading organizations worldwide for innovative solutions to help communities protect both their water and their futures. To date, Liquid IV has donated over 39 million servings in 50-plus countries around the world. You can get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use the code RANKSFC at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code RANKSFC at liquidiv.com. Here we go. So, 0 million in the bank. That's quite normal. And for the pod listeners, I'm going to run through from top to bottom um, on my starting 11. So we've got Ramsdale in goal. And then the back three is Mr. Popular himself, a Stupinan, uh, Trent and Ake. We'll talk more about him in a second. The midfield five. And midfield five is so important this year because there are so many good midfield options. Uh, Saka, Bomo. I never know if to say Bomo or Bomo. <laughs> um, Foden, Rashford, Matoma. Gabby Jesus, and Erling Haaland. And then the bench, I've gone Ariola, who is a 4 million goalkeeper who could start for West Ham. He could be a real gem. Fabianski's still around, but I think Ariola, this could be the season he's number one. Colwell at 4.5 option. Such a good under-21s. Will he start for Chelsea is the million-dollar question. Um, Bell, a 4 million option at Luton, and then Cameron Archer at 4.5. It's the slimmest bench you can get. Two mm-hmm. 4.5s, two 4s. Yeah. Um, but a good 11, but a fairly template 11, Dean. What do you reckon? Like, Trent, going Trent means I'm limited elsewhere, as I mentioned, but also it's a fun spot that kind of, if I could go down from an 8 million Trent to a 5.5 million defender, I could have Reese James or Ben Chilwell. And I think yeah. whilst they're not quite Trent in terms of FPL points, they're very, very close in terms of attacking upside. Yeah, I don't know why people necessarily want Trent for the first game of the season I think that's probably my my main takeaway I mean it's Chelsea away that first match I get it for the second game like Bournemouth like that could be 9-0 who knows what will happen in that match but I'm just not convinced about Trent for the first match just like I'm not convinced for Salah for the first match so much outlay on those two players for a game 
I don't know, they might lose. It's the first game of the season. Like Chelsea are a completely different team. I'm assuming that Chelsea won't be as good as Liverpool, but I don't know for that one-off first game. You don't know what you're going to get. Yeah. So at 8 million for Trent, I'll be avoiding it. I mean, our team, like, I'll be honest, it's not a million miles apart, um, especially the starting 11. Uh, there are a few differences, but Trent is one of the differences. Um, and I just don't think I want to go there this early. Are you picking him because of his new position? Or what is it that makes you want him? That end to the season last year, the final 10 games where he played as an inverted fullback, the kind of Man City formation, we've seen it with Cancelo and more recently Stones, and we saw it with Trent. When he played in that role, his attacking numbers were scary. Like, And he was scoring, his, even his shot volume, massively on the up. So he still benefits from the clean sheet points, but he gets the attacking numbers that you would expect from kind of almost like a box-to-box eight. And whilst he is meant to be a kind of more holding midfield player, because Liverpool in those games were dominating the ball so much, actually he finds himself in lots of advanced areas on the edge of the box. Um, And he gets the shots off and he scored a few goals. I remember watching him at Leicester and I think that might might have been an indirect free kick. Salah teed him up, but... He's getting close to the goal. And with that, as a defender, if you score a goal and in that same game, you're creating chances and keeping clean sheets, you almost guaranteed the three bonus as well. Um, yeah. And Trent does so well in the bonus point system. So 8 million is probably a fair price, but it is yeah. a price that gives a question mark. It's not a gimme because he's so expensive. And as I said, I wouldn't be surprised if I move away from Trent come game week one. Yeah, just to look at what we're talking about in the comments, all the chasers are chatting away about this. Thanks for all these coming in. I mean, Mark... Uh, reacted to what I said about not having Trent for the first week. And he says, but Trent is so expensive, it would break your team to get him in for game week two. And Michael agrees, it's difficult to get Trent in your team at all if he's not in there for the week one team. Totally can take that point on board. Um, Matty points out that FPL Guns, Ali from last season who won the game, Mm -hmm. has Trent in his first draft, but has him on his bench for the first week. That is a very interesting idea. Not going to criticise it at all because the guy is a legend. Um, and Getty FPL says, why don't you dump Trent for sure and get Bruno into your team? Yeah, there's a lot of chat that, that think Bruno is... A, that Bruno's coming at 8.5 million this year. Rashford is nine. Um, both are incredible value. I think Rashford is worth the 0.5 extra. And I do think with Mason Mount in the team, we might see... Bruno playing, that is an eight. It's two number eights, isn't it? I think we're going to see Casemiro holding and then Mount and Bruno, both very similar. One left, one right. But Rashford's so much higher up the pitch, whether he plays wide left or is the number nine. We, I think point five. I think they're both exceptional value. There's an argument to say you should have, have both Bruno and Rashford in your team. And Luke Shaw, so dependable. United will get loads of clean sheets, especially with a new keeper. Set-piece threat as well from Luke Shaw, so you get the assist threat. But when I look at the five players that I really want to get in this team and can't at the moment. And here's a little ranking, I guess, for us. <laughs> uh, number one is probably Martinelli. I would love Martinelli and Saka and Jesus, but that means three Arsenal attackers. Again, I am considering that. And it means I can't get the clean sheet points. And when I look at Forest, Palace and Fulham up as Arsenal's first three fixtures, whilst I think they'll get clean sheets in there, I'm like... The upside for those attackers, they could get hat-tricks. Let's have more tickets to the hat-trick draw and have three Arsenal attackers. So I would love a way of getting Martinelli in this team. Um, But at the same time, the Arsenal defender I'm looking at is like, oh, maybe Gabriel is a better option than Ramsdale. 
They're both five million. Gabriel, I'll rank at number two as someone I would love in this draft. Um, mm. If I had five Arsenal players, I genuinely would. The opening three games, so, so good. Um, number three, I would love Reese James in this draft. And people will say, yeah, but his injury record. I'm cool with that. Like, he's not injured till he's injured. And then you sell him. You get a free transfer every week. Um, number four, again, sticking with Chelsea, I would love Nkuku. 7.5 mm. million. I really hoped and actually did think he was going to come in as a midfielder. And I don't think FNL will make many mistakes. It's not an easy job. You've got to give everyone a price and a position. I think Nkunku, knowing he'll play, I think, a lot as a second striker number 10, should have been listed as a midfielder in the same way so many other attacking mids are listed as midfielders. FPL only really price forwards if you play as an out-and-out number nine. If you play wide or in the 10, you're often a midfielder. Um, and then number five, I'm not going to put a player on it, but it's more Brighton. I have got two Brighton players, but this is a team that were sort of a top three attack at the end of last season. And the players are all priced like Brighton players. And you can get Ncisa at 5.5, March at 6.5, Ferguson at 6. And I look at it and think, I should have a third Brighton player, a second Brighton attacker. They've got Luton, Wolves and West Ham to start the season in this mm. team. But I don't know which, Dean, because João Pedro's come in. Lalana will be back fit. Solly March, you'd think would be nailed, but you never know because then CISO can play wide. And then Welbeck and Ferguson, it could be both, it could be one. If it's both, it's no number 10. Could Pascal Gross move into the 10? Now McAllister's gone. Will Alana get minutes there? Will Nciso play there? Matoma feels like absolutely nailed and March probably nailed. But the others, I can't guarantee they'll start all those first three games. Yeah, no, I think it's I think it's a totally fair point. Um, I have got an extra Brighton player in my team, so we will talk uh. about that in a minute. I mean, in terms of your bench, I mean, you kind of addressed it at the start that you just want to invest as much as you can in the early weeks in your starting eleven. Uh, but you have got players there at least. I think Ariola, as it stands, likely to decent chance of figuring uh, in goal for West Ham if needed. Colwell could to be honest, be in Chelsea's starting eleven for the first game of the season, the way he's been playing. And uh, if Chelsea want to make a statement, he's certainly going to be in form for that, for that game, which you yep. can't really say for anybody else. Uh, Bell should play for Luton and Archer. Might, might get some minutes for a Villa. Uh, we don't know um, exactly how many. Uh, but overall, are you happy with this draft? What your think, what's your thinking right now of how likely this is to be your team in a month's time? Yeah, the... The, the ones I'm confident that will be in my team come game week one, if I look at the 11, I'm confident probably from the back line, Estupanan and probably Ake. Um, just those two. I'm confident on Saka. I'm confident on Rashford and Matoma. Foden and Bomo, not 100% set on. And then Jesus and Haaland, I'm fairly confident on. So I've probably got sort of seven, six, seven that I feel nailed. I mean, the questions I've been getting on like YouTube comments and stuff, are, I've had a lot around Ake. A lot are telling are telling me, you know, Ake's not nailed, Ake won't start. I think he will. I think will. Unless Man City go and buy a left back, I think he's pretty safe. Pretty safe. Mm. Um, Foden's, again, a little bit risky. There are 7.5 million assets out there that are far more reliable in terms of expected minutes than Foden. But I just think if he, if he even gets... 60 minutes against Burnley and Sheffield United in those first three weeks. It could be big scores. I feel like we need, I mentioned more Brighton. I feel like we need double, if not triple Man City because the fixtures are just there to be had. 
and it's yeah. hard looking at personnel because you can't you know you can't just go and spend 10.5 on a on a nailed Kevin De Bruyne maybe you punt on Mares or Grealish but Foden for me they're all the same price just edges it at the moment yep absolutely fair enough uh well, rate Gianni's team in the comments. Tell me what you think. Uh, I'll read them out in a second. Give him a rating out of 10 for how hot you think that lineup is. And we will switch to my team. Uh, and we'll come back to those in a second and see what you are all making of it. So, yeah, good work, mate. You, you've you've done very quick turnaround on that, especially because I know you, you did it within 10 minutes of the game being launched. <laughs> um, yeah, literally, this is the first draft that I publicly put out within like, I, I literally made it within 10 minutes of the game being launched. But I wanted to stick with it because otherwise I see myself making daily transfers and tweaks to it. And I just want to let a team rest. Like there's no rush here. We've got four or five weeks. So I think what I'll probably do is stick with this draft. Yes, I'm thinking about other changes, but then I'll create in maybe two weeks time, another draft, which I'll stick with for another two weeks. And then it will be any last minute transfers before game week one. I'm not one for posting a new team every day on Twitter. Some content creators, mate, honestly, oh, I'm still in my head in. I'm having to mute people. They're posting a new team like every hour. Mm. And I'm like, oh, I can't. And it does. It gets you the likes and the retweets, to be fair. But nah, not my Painful. <laughs> it is so painful. Mate, before we move into your team, questions mm. in the chat around Colwell. Mm. I... Like, I think Poch will go young and old, Thiago Silva and Cole will, but we can't forget Fafana, Badia Shield, like, there's class, and it's only going to be two of centre backs. Yeah. Should, should we be worried about Cole will coming back late, knowing he's gone to the final of the under 21s and he'll miss a bit of pre season? Therefore, his chances game week one might be a little bit slimmer. Because I think if he had a full pre season, I'd probably back him to start, but I'm not sure now. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, he's already way fitter than everybody else is because he's he's ahead of things mm. and he's never dropped off. So yeah. even if now he has a small break, he'll come back. He'd pretty much be at the same levels that most people will be. So I don't right think he's going to be far off it. Wouldn't read too much into it. But obviously in that time, Fafana, for example, has just had two weeks jump on him in terms of like getting in front of Pochettino every single day, <laughs> showing him what he could do, having a chance to build some sort of uh, relationship with him and whoever Chelsea might bring in in the meantime, if they do bring in anyone. Um, but yeah, they are they are strong options uh, in the centre of defence. Your rating, by the way, from everyone, the lowest I think I've seen is a seven, uh, mostly eight, the occasional nine, but a lot of people just saying, yeah, but it's a template. It's a template. And yeah, it is. But to be fair to Gianni, he picked this team before he knew it was a template. So yeah. it's a strong team. Mate, I love Michael's comment. And thank you, Michael, because you've given me the highest rating I've seen. He's given me a nine. He says, Michael Scott says nine, but not a Gianni team. And I completely get it. It's probably not. And I, I pride myself. I don't pride myself on great rank history. I pride myself on sometimes going a little bit different. Picking Havertz and it going wrong, sure. But then also going Callum Wilson when everyone went Isak, as we heard from another example earlier. So yeah, it's probably not a Janny team. We need to, we need to, we need to make it a little bit more Janny and stay tuned on chasing green arrows for for my my draft in a couple of weeks. Yeah, absolutely right. Let's flip this over to my team, the Walton Rifles of 2023-24. Um, yeah, so I think eight of that starting eleven. You've actually got, so I've got Ramsdale 
in goal. Estupanen, Reese James and Ake as my back three. A midfield five of Saka, Mitoma, Rashford. And then I've got Bowen and Grealish as my two others in midfield at the moment. Nice. And I've got a top two of Captain Haaland and Gabby Jesus, who you had as well. My substitutes, Ariola, Ferguson at Brighton, Pedro Porro at Tottenham and Bulldog um, of Sheffield United, who we've all had before in this game. So, yeah, I mean, quite an ex- a bit of more of an expensive bench than you, given I've got Porro, who's 5 million, and Ferguson, who's 6 million. I just look at Ferguson and I'm like, well, because of that bright start to the season that, that Brighton have potentially got um, with the fixtures, Luton, Wolves and West Ham... I might want him in there. I, yeah. I might want to come away from the three-five-two at some point. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. I, I, half of me feels like it's a waste of a six million asset. Half of me feels that this could be a really good pick. And I've tried to be. I mean, I was always going to be a little bit different because I don't really follow templates, and I, I've I don't really ever have the same team um, as you. I, Michael says. Ferguson on the bench for Luton. Yeah, you're right. To be honest, it might even be that this would be a three-four-three. I, I I might not even um, yeah. go with go with the five across across midfield. I'm I'm not sure um, about that. But yeah, Bowen and Grealish are the I like I guess, it. Differential you've got, picks. You've got yeah, you've got a few differentials in there. Like you look at the percentage ownership on screen. Like Bowen four point two percent, Grealish eight point four, Ake seven point four. But then even on the bench, like Pedro Porro, I think this could be a massive season for him. And I think 4%. we'll see lots of attacking football, 4% owned, yeah. And then, yeah. like, I mean, the only thing I don't like about this team, and I think I really like this team, and I like the setup. I just, yeah, I think the benching dilemmas are going to be there every week because it's like, oh, you could play Ferguson. But totally. Like, but you'd have to bench Bowen, who's got Bournemouth, or, you know, Grealish, who's got Burnley. But yeah, I don't mind. It's a tough one. I, I, yeah, and I'm like, if if you took Ferguson down to a 4.5 dead spot, Cameron Archer, and then your sub one is Pedro Porro, your sub two is Bulldog, both 90 minute men, yeah. that would give you an extra two, no, 1.5 million. Yeah, 1.5 yeah. million. But I'm looking at your team going, what would I do with 1.5 million? I don't know which, I and mean, you could upgrade Bowen to an 8.5. So you could yeah. go Bowen to Bruno. Yeah. I if could. you wanted a Bruno, but I like I like your teammate, and I think Grealish is an underrated pick. Do you? Because in the comments, that is the thing that's standing out right now. A lot of people saying Grealish is not an FPL monster. I'll go Foden over Grealish, says Matty. Um, people Why don't are we typically... going Foden over Grealish though, because I'm doing that, and it's like, hang on a sec, we've only got last season's info to go off, and Foden was on the bench, and Grealish was starting and getting FPL points. Like Grealish is a better FPL asset. Yeah, and the information we're getting is that there's a chance Foden plays deeper, which means that Grealish will have even more chances of starts yeah. on that flank. <laughs> like this could be a massive season for Jack Grealish, and I'm I'm quite determined with picks like that, to stay loyal to them. Because if I pick Grealish and get rid of him after three or four weeks, I'm going to miss his points. So I'm like, if I am actually going to be bold enough to go Grealish, so far he's only an 8.4% ownership pick, then I kind of need to be loyal to it. Bowen, I wouldn't be so worried about dropping out at some point. He's only owned by 4.2% and he's 7 million. Even though I think Bowen has big potential too. West Ham underperformed last season. Um, he's, you know, um, committing his future to West Ham at the moment. He's the man of the moment. They love him. 
you feel that they could have a decent season here. I want to stick with him at the start. Perhaps I would be more willing to to drop him out. Uh, so that that is interesting. Pedro Porro, I yeah, I, I really like him as a player, and I think under Ange, he could be a really good asset. Let's see. Like I'm not obviously not tied to him at this point. I'll see how things go during preseason when they go on tour. But if Porro's delivering more ammunition, if Kane's still there, if there's a bit more buoyancy about Tottenham and a bit, you know, the one thing we're expecting under Andrew is that they are more attack-minded. And that means that I expect Pedro to be able to um, get high up, even if he's more of a typical fullback um, when you're looking at a team sheet. I think that will be, I think that will be key. Um, so, yeah, I'm quite happy. I mean, it's not, it, it's not going to be my game week team, I doubt. I'm sure there'll be one or two tweaks in here. But it is a bit different. Give me a rating in the comments. Let me know what you think of Walton Rifles for the next season. <laughs> um, it's, yeah, Lungani says, people in the chat are attacking Dean for not <laughs> being boring. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. Um, for every Dean, oh, this is a rubbish team. There's a Dean, this is a great team. So I'm, I'm all right. Do you know what? Evo's nowadays, he said, will Grealish be sober for game at one? And I genuinely think, which is so wrong, that's why people aren't going Grealish, because they saw the boozy picks. It's like, guys, everyone had a drink. They won the league. Like, he's he's a... He's a he's a human being and he'll be fit and ready to go come game week one. So I think that's that's might have spun the narrative a little bit, some of those picks and videos yeah. we saw the celebrations. We do have in the chat, Dean, um, the fantasy football scout say hello all. So good oh, to yeah. see fantasy football scout uh watching tonight. And Love I do him. wonder, actually, I'm intrigued. Like I'm a fantasy football scout pro pundit. I mentioned them earlier as um, I can't remember in what context, but I do yeah. wonder from everyone in the chat, would you mind answering a poll question for us? We're going to put a poll up. Are you a member of Fantasy Football Scout? Yes or no? And I'm just interested. I reckon it's probably 10% of members. I'm just interested to know uh, what percentage might be a member of Fantasy Football Scout. It's like a you pay a monthly fee, but you get a wealth of cool, cool stuff for it. So yeah, I quite want to see the answer to that. Punters, mate, it's giving you a 9.5. That's the highest Whoa. rate we've had tonight. I, my punter. price was a nine. Punter, you are a legend. Haldir has given me a nine. Uh, Resting Pilgrim's given me a 7.5. Pete's a 7.5. Jono's gone 7.9. I got, yeah, eights and 7.5s. A Dawson said nine for playing your own game. Savio, 10 for differential, six otherwise. Uh, yeah, but I just find it funny that, like, Pete, you're judged for not picking the same team as everyone else or, like, why have you got a six million asset on your bench? It's like, well, if the starting eleven is good enough, I'm not that worried about how much they actually cost. Like, why are we so focused around these made-up numbers? These are literally yeah. made-up numbers. Like, <laughs> <laughs> they really are. They don't mean anything. That, that there's no insight that the FPL admin team had when putting these numbers on players that meant anything beyond what you or I know. They have just picked numbers. And actually, they've done a really good job at it this season because we've got some really intriguing options and some, yeah, big differentials as a result of that because there are a lot of seven, eight million pound assets that are tempting. Yeah. But ultimately, they're all guesses. Those mid, that mid bracket of 7.5 to kind of 9 million midfielders, I can't remember a time where there was more 
a, a more of a variety of good options in that bracket. Like there are so many players to pick from in that bracket and I love it. And I think that means we need to make sure we're playing ideally with midfield fives because we'll be rotating some of those players. Like I'm just going to, I'm just going to read through some of those, um, those midfielders at that, that price bracket. So there, mm. there's just a wealth of options like Odegaard, Rashford, Saka, Martinelli, Bruno, um, Son, uh, Bowen, uh, like so, the, the Man City lads. Um, there's yeah. so so many. Even if you go down to seven million, like you know, Sterling, like could Sterling. he have? So Sterling is like. Do you remember last year? Rashford was six point five, and it kind of broke the game, and it made it a bit boring because <laughs> Rashford was performing like a premium, and we all just had him. It was like, oh, we're not picking eleven players here; we're picking ten because um, Rashford's just a lock, as Haaland is. So what, yeah, but Sterling could be that this year if we see any of the Man City Sterling, he's going to make a mockery of 7 million. Now, that's a big if because Chelsea are rubbish and have been rubbish, but he should be at the peak of his career. What is he, 27, 28? Like this should be Sterling, a huge, huge season for him. He's got to earn his England spot back. I'm really intrigued to see how that goes. And I think Sterling could become a kind of go-to FPL asset in a couple of weeks into the season. But for now, we're probably waiting and seeing, but it could be really exciting. Yeah, he could be. I mean, the, the one thing I will say, I mean, I've got Reese James in this team. Um, I'm confident and, to be honest, hopeful for him that it's a really big season. I'm obviously a Fulham fan that doesn't like Chelsea, but, like, from an individual point of view, like, I wish good things for Reese James. Um, and, look, he's up for captaincy this season. Like, Chelsea have got to pick a new captain, and it's likely to be Thiago Silva. But if it's not, it's probably Reese James. And like at his age, that's pretty crazy. But there's not many identifiable, relatable Chelsea players in this squad in terms of the fan base. Good pick. There's not many players who can hit a ceiling as far as high as he can in the next couple of years. He genuinely is one of the best players in that squad, which is saying a lot considering they just spent over £600 million on the squad and are about to spend even more. And he's still right up there. And in a year's time, if... Chelsea didn't have a good season this year, but he did well. You know, I honestly think the likes of Real Madrid will be knocking on the door, trying to get yeah. Reese James out of there. Um, and at 5.5 million, I think that Reese James is actually a really good pick. Other Chelsea players, I don't really want to touch. And that's because I really, really don't know what I'm getting. Like, uh, <laughs> I, I really don't know what I'm getting. I don't trust, obviously, I've said a million times, I, I don't trust the, the policy that they've gone with. But you've got everything brand new, new manager, new squad, new players, so many out the door, new philosophy, new kit without a sponsor, all these different things that we've (laughs) never seen before at Chelsea. And to go with more than one asset at the start of this season, I think would be a massive gamble. In game week three, they play Luton. Check Mm. out this run of fixtures. Luton at home, Forest at home, Bournemouth away, Villa at home. Fulham away, Burnley away. Like that run of, what is it, six, seven games? I I can't remember a run quite like that. Now, sure, last season they were struggling in a lot of those games, so we shouldn't read too much into it. You know, last season, Nottingham Forest was a difficult game for Chelsea. But with a team that we think this will be under Poch, eventually we think they'll be hammering those teams. So I do look at the FPL options and go, surely we need a Chelsea attacker for that run of games. But yeah, I think it probably has to be a wait and see. And we probably have to be a little bit more patient. And a Chelsea defender like Reese James is probably sufficient. But Nkunku, 
could be on pens. And I'm really intrigued to see what happens with Chelsea pens. Obviously, Jorginho's always been on pens. And when he left, I think Havertz was the nominated penalty taker. Reese James, there has been talk he could be the penalty taker. But Nkunku's record from penalties is so, so good. So you'd like to think he'll be given opportunities again. 7.5 million forward on pens, we like. But yeah, they could sign a player like Vlavic or Lukaku could come back or who knows. And then, of course, you go, yeah, that player could be on penalties. But it's an interesting one to monitor. Preseason will help, but game week one and two will really help too. By the way, the results of the poll... I've uh, been asked to read it out. So maybe it's not visible to absolutely everyone, but uh, 71% are not members of Fantasy Football Scout and 28% are members. So yeah, mm, about a third. That's quite high. Yeah. Very high. Yeah. Mm. Uh, in, my fa- in my mini league, you are punished if you pay for help. Um, oh, I like that rule. <laughs> yeah. How so, are you punished? Like a points deduction or just mocked? No. You The, the time it was discovered uh, at the end of a season that the winner had paid for an app of some sort. Uh, I don't know which one it was. He literally did not get his prize money. It was donated to charity. And it was like oh, that is 250, brilliant. 300 quid. It was like uproar. It was like, what? No, you can't do that. It was like, what? But it's not That's like, so I still good. pick my team. They're like, no, no yeah. chance. No, you're signed up to the Johnny Batici patron at three pound a month. <laughs> so, uh, I don't have yeah. a patron I don't have a patron but um, some ranks do. do you can come and join the ranks <laughs> <laughs> yeah you should have an FPL channel mate I'll take a pound of the three and write it for you <laughs> yeah just to point out this channel does not count as help it is an entertainment show based around <laughs> FPL and you can all come back every single week and you will not be punished by anybody uh, yeah Matty Winnerlot says well I'll get help from you Dean so does that count Lol. no you don't want um, help from me Matt you want help from Gianni you do not want help from me I'll be here every week to support you and guide you you take the tips from Gianni all day long take uh, Dean's recommendations and get plus 10 points <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah exactly um just to remind everyone we have actually got a chasers team that we picked Ooh, yeah. at the end of last week we got everybody into the chat um doing a first draft and we are going to enter a team into uh, FPL this season and the team that was selected as a first draft on this show by our chasers is Ariola, Pickford, and then the defenders are Trent, Estupinan, Gabriel, Bayer, and Botman. The midfielders picked were Rashford, Saka, Foden, and Bomo, and Matoma, and then Haaland, Gabby Jesus, and Archer up front. It's not a million miles off your team, is it, mate? It's a, mate, I. Can we show my team on screen? Because I'm just looking at it going, it's my team. Yeah, uh, the, mid, it's... The, mid, the front seven, the midfield five and the front two are identical. And it's got uh, Gabriel, who you want. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> it's not far off. It's got the same, all attacking players are the same. It's the only difference is the back line and the goalkeepers. But I ha- we have both got Ariola, We have both got Trent and we have both got Stupinan. So the only differences are... The 4.5 defender, Bayer versus uh, Bayer versus Bell, Colwell versus uh, Botman, and um, Gabriel versus Ake, and Ramsdale versus Pickford. That is it. Yeah, yeah. Shame, but I mean, I mean that's just the way the game's going at the moment, isn't it? I mean, everyone's got these these uh, selected players, and yeah, as Mark's just stuck in the comments, template, and it and it is very template at the moment. So. We will be altering this team as we get towards the kickoff and you guys can opt to make any changes. It's interesting, like 
it was it was mentioned at the top of the show about Salah. None of us have got him. None of us have got maybe we should Mo Salah. None of us have got Harry Kane. Oh. Um, haven't even meant. I think that's the first time we've even mentioned Harry Kane's name, and we're forty-seven minutes into the show. Uh, one of the best assets of last season, so depend- dependable. Yeah. Probably staying at Tottenham, uh, as far as we know right now. And he's got what was it Brentford away on the first day of the season, so uh, definitely, definitely potential for goals in that first game. Ten point five million. De Bruyne, we about him. No, we just assume he's going to be injured. Um, but he has yeah, started to pick up the injuries. That does put me off De Bruyne. He's getting to the point of his career now where you're like, especially for the second half of the season when they're playing twice a week with their midweek commitments. I do worry about him as an FPL asset. Like I think. Mm-hmm. Start of the season, we should be fine. Where he's just playing, he kind of has that midweek rest. Madison, we've not spoken about him either, have we? No, I don't want to touch him. Uh, I think Do you not? Mentioned... Are you happy to just wait and see? A bit like Mason Mount, you just go, let's see how he yeah. fits in with a new team. Like... I've got to, yeah. I don't think he's. He didn't have a good season. Well, didn't have a good season. He did in fits and starts, but he found it tough in in some tough in some end. moments. He was dreadful for the running, wasn't he? That's it. And so that that concerns me a bit. I mean, this is a, literally a fresh start for him, so he, he needed it. Uh, but yeah, I will be steering clear of Madison for the time being. Um, so let's take some questions as we move forward, or at least some hot takes along the way. Uh, Gareth mentions Sasa Kalajdzic of Wolves as an asset at five million. I tell you what, Wolves need goals this season because they had none last season about them. And yeah, there's there's got to be a, a good opportunity for Kalajdzic to, to at least get the opportunity. Yeah, to get games like they spent some money on him as well, didn't they? He weren't cheap. I know he's cheap in FPL, but you know he he, he cost him a he cost him a bit. And you think he's gonna I think he's probably gonna get he's definitely gonna get a run of games. Like Raúl Jiménez is still there, like um, yeah, five point five option. Fabio Silva's listed by FPL five point five option. Um, but yeah, there's 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 very little firepower at Wolves. I don't know if I worry for them a little bit. I mean, because of the manager, you think they'll probably be fine, but. It's, you look at that team on paper and they've obviously let Neves go to Saudi. They've lost one of their, their standout defenders who's gone to gone to Brentford for, again, big money. I look at that team on paper and it it it, it, it lacks a lot. It lacks a lot. Um, yeah. Even at the end of last season, I remember Jose Sarr got dropped and Bentley had a run of games in goal. By the way, Daniel Bentley is a four million option. Should he be given the number one jersey? You'd like to think Jose Sarr comes back in, but... I've struggled to even predict that 11. Like you look at the fullback areas and there's, there's loads of kind of average options, even yeah. in the midfield. I'm not sure who, what the starting midfield is. It's, it's very difficult to predict. And I can't see a single FPL option in that Wolves team. Yeah. I'll tell you what, there is one player to look out for in pre-season at fullback, Ryan Giles, who was out at Middlesbrough yeah. on loan last season. He's 4.5. I'm surprised he's not four, to be honest, but um, he has been mentioned to me when I've been um, doing a few bits and pieces, getting ready for the new season. Uh, it was mentioned to me that, that Giles has the capabilities. He got a really high assist rate at Middlesbrough last season. He was a, he was a first team starter regularly and he got a lot of assists there. And I, I watched a, a few clips of him, actually. And I was thinking if him and Kalajdzic could combine yeah. uh, at some point in the season, if they both get the opportunities that they want, then that could actually be an interesting combination. So one for your watch list in preseason, Ryan Giles, if he gets games, could be a big opportunity for him after doing well at Middlesbrough last season. Uh, 
Madeline points out he cost 18 million euros for Wolves. Um, Tottenham were looking at him at 1.2, I remember. He, um, they, they, they considered him as a backup option for Harry Kane a little while back. Um, so that is interesting. Uh, Mark Nash says, Dean, one word for you, Ari Giles. And that's Spence. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's yeah. that's point taken. Um, but yeah, a few options like that to come into consideration. Christian Pilgrim says Kilman could go as well, but I think they did turn down a bid. I think it was from Napoli. It was one of the Serie A teams. Yeah, so Napoli Kilman, offered it? 30 million. And uh, at the moment, there's talk that, that Kilman might end up signing a, a new deal at Wolves. Again, I was speaking to somebody at Wolves and said, look, if Napoli come back with 35 million, Do you have they should... Him? bite their hand off and take it like that like like max kilman is sometimes can like overrated like he's been linked with a lot of teams and like if napoli genuinely want max kilman he wasn't that good at wolves last season yeah but he's got the story any futsal and stuff yeah, yeah. like the narrative <laughs> he can't but uh but, you know colin's gone connor cody gone from wolves and he's Kilman as well. I mean, they do want a, a big rebuild, so they're getting it at the moment. Um, that's, yeah, that's, I mean, it's all on Craig Dawson at centre back. Blimey, <laughs> the journeyman yeah. who Absolutely. is really good at set pieces from an FPL perspective. He gets the, he gets on the end of so many attacking corners, which blows my mind because he's not the biggest, but his his timing is so good. You watch attacking corners. Craig Dawson is always in and amongst it. I like it. I like yeah. it. Um, um, Dean, I've noticed there's there's not a huge amount of likes and subscribes in this stream, and I I I think you guys need to up your game, chasers. Come on, you're not hitting that like button or hitting the subscribe button. This is preseason content, so make sure you are um, subscribing to the channel. We stream every Monday and Friday at seven. It's always live, so we, we can chat with you guys in the chat. So do make sure you come on live when you can. But if you're watching this on catch up, drop a comment because uh, we always respond to the comments. I personally go through them all as well. And it, actually, one of the comments on the last stream, Dean, was, can you make your show a podcast? And literally, within two days, we're making tonight's show a podcast where you can obviously go and listen on the Ranks FC platform. Yeah, exactly that. So, yeah, if you do want to listen back to this, uh, rather not on YouTube, or you want to uh, recommend it to somebody, this episode will be on Ranks FC. It's on all uh, of your normal podcast streaming platforms um we do a show uh weekly on ranks fc where we get stuck into loads of stuff me and jack collins uh across um europe, europe literally there's nothing we don't dig into across the season we've got some good guests on there too and obviously i talk about fpl a fair bit too because i'm kind of obsessed uh but yeah we'd love to have some of you guys there and obviously anybody that is listening to ranks fc right now and discovering this chasing green arrows show for the first time do get over to the channel, hit subscribe, and you will see me and G over here twice a week. Uh, last couple of minutes to get your questions in. The first one from Eddie. Would Onana be a good pick in goal if United sign him? I mean, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think He'd so. He'd do well but... in bonus points because pass, think... yeah. pass completion counts for you and he's the, as good a passer as you'll find and they'll use him. So he'll hit the threshold for passes. That's He'll true. get saves because United still concede shots. Yeah, that <sighs> is true. I hadn't really thought about the the bonus aspect of the passes. So, yeah, definitely an interesting one. Let's see. What what would you expect his well, price point to be? I'm just looking. Be? He'll be the same as what De Gea was. And if De Gea was five million, which I think he was, uh, De Gea is not in the game anymore. They've taken him uh... off already. I'm pretty sure De Gea was five. Let us know in the chat if I'm wrong on that. But if Anana comes in at five, 
I think that's a good route. You know, you've got to spend 5.5 to get Luke Shaw, get the same cleat sheet points. I I quite like Anana at five. I'd, I'd be genuinely tempted. That would allow me to sell Ramsdale as well and then make room for Gabriel, who I do think might be a stronger option than Ramsdale on the Arsenal back line. Yeah, fair enough. Um, that's a good point. Uh, Visser and Mitoma or Mbomo and Ferguson, says Michael. Uh, I forgot we get questions like this. This is the sort of question we really do get uh, on a regular basis when the season is up and running. Yeah, Visser and Mitoma or oh. Mbomo and Ferguson. Where would you, you know go? Michael, we can't give you a, a genuine answer on this because it's still five <laughs> weeks to the game week one. Like, I'm not taking my team that seriously, so you you shouldn't be either. But if you were asking me this on the deadline of game week one, I would say Vissa and Matoma just, I think. Because I think um, the four names mentioned, Matoma's the standout option there. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'd probably say just double up on Brighton and go Matoma and Ferguson. Because in isolation, I prefer F- Ferguson to Witter. Wisser, I think. Um, yeah. Just back Brighton big, I reckon. Yeah. Uh, Fab BCN says, Andreas, 6.5 with KDB injured. Uh, Andreas Pereira, I presume you mean, who is injured uh, for Fulham, uh, if that's who you mean. Uh, Unless Man City have got a midfielder called Andreas. I was just thinking that. I was like, a, I don't think they have, especially rated at 6.5. I can't Oh, think he means Alvarez. Oh, Alvarez. Well, you know what? Alvarez, uh, Julian Alvarez is, yeah. um, is that who he means? Yeah, it is because because... Fulham Andreas isn't 6.5. I was going to say, it's not 6.5. You definitely shouldn't pick him because he's not going to be <laughs> playing at the start of the season either. Um, Julian Alvarez, I was contemplating as my third forward Were you at 6.5 to have him out there all the time. Because if Haaland's not on the pitch, he is. Yep. And so I mean, you're KDB's always... not on the pitch, he sometimes plays that role. He sometimes play anyway. So he's you're pretty much always going to have a Man City goal threat on the pitch. And if you were to stick with yeah. that throughout the season... Yeah, I don't think you'd go too far wrong considering what you would normally get from your third choice forward. So if you could commit, I think that that is an interesting option to go for. The De Bruyne injury is interesting because he is flagged. Very few players are flagged on the FPL site. They put a 50% chance of playing in a hamstring injury on Kevin De Bruyne. I think he's probably going to be fine off a hamstring that he picked up in the Champions League final. So look, we'll know from pre-season minutes, but... I wouldn't read too much into the flags at this point in time. Um, so, yeah, an interesting one to monitor. But then you also question if Foden's going to play in, in the midfield three, when De Bruyne is out, is that not Foden's spot now? Maybe it is. I don't know. Time will tell. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, probably time to call it a day, mate. Yeah, I think we should. Uh, I'll let you see us off, mate, seeing as this is uh, the the hybrid uh, ranks and CGA chasers um, show. And it, it allows me to watch you maybe even attempt to do a Janny farewell. I would love to see that, mate. Can I put you under pressure for it? You can. It's so <laughs> hard to do. I don't know how you do it. But um, thanks, everybody, for watching the show tonight. Thank you for commenting in the chat as well it's been really interesting to get your views on our team and they will stay in our heads i'm sure for the rest of the week thank you gianni he's been gianni i've been dean we've been chasing green arrows we'll catch you soon final seconds of the game a chance to score and the chance has gone begging if your business's commerce platform keeps missing the target on golden opportunities Get the MVP you deserve. Get Shopify. (laughs) Shopify is the commerce platform revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. 
Whether you're a garage entrepreneur or IPO ready, Shopify is the only tool that you need to start, run, and grow your business without the struggle. Shopify puts you in control of every sales channel. So whether you're selling signed football boots from Shopify's in-person POS system or you're vending vintage shirts on Shopify's all-in-one e-commerce platform, you are covered. And once you've reached your audience, Shopify has the internet's best converting checkout to help you turn them from browsers to buyers. What I love about Shopify is how, no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US. And Shopify is truly a global force, powering Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across over 170 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash ranks, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com forward slash ranks to take your business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash ranks. <laughs> 